In a world of magic, mythical heroes, savage beasts, and servants of the dark powers, one couple will regale us of the tales of their journeys through the mortal realms. Coming this season to a path of glory near you, this is the Dudes of Sigmar. Welcome to the Dudes of Sigmar. I'm Damon. And I'm Roma. <laughs> hey, dude, can we chat? Can we chat from the traditional territories of the Clay Lay Tanay and um, almost midnight? You bet we can. What are we talking about tonight? We have a special guest here today. It's not me. Are you sure about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not Robin. It's, uh, it's my friend Alan Botted. What? <laughs> Alan Botted? <laughs> Alan, <laughs> Alan happens to be visiting Prince George, and he is one of our listeners from North Carolina. South. Oh, South Carolina. So we it was AOS night tonight at uh, at the dude's place. We had uh, Jesse and David playing. A, that was a league game, wasn't it? Uh, Je- uh, David's here. Yes, hello. I am also here. Quick, how'd it go? Uh, catastrophically. Uh, I got tabled by turn three. I think I managed to kill two dinosaurs all told. I miscast my first blizzard cast. Uh, yeah, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. It was, it was wonderful and explosive. But you got a, even. You got a sick haircut though. I did. I did. I, I got a sick haircut. That was the win for the <laughs> night. It's like a new paint job <laughs> for models. You know how you never get a new, a model with a new paint job. It does terribly. I got a new haircut. So my, <laughs> I did terribly. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, then we got Robin. Hello. I'm here. I came to this. Robin came to hang out. Yeah, it's good. And Robin played his game earlier Yeah, I, um, I ar- in the league, probably in the first couple of days. I did my league game with Alex really early, so it was a good game. Excellent. I came out on top. Better death. Back yep. is better. What's Alex playing? He's playing Soulblight Gravelords. Lots of Skelly Bay boys. Ooh, wow. So he did... They, they surprise me. Like, the skeletons are, they've got some nice battle tactics. Like, they've got a bunch of very weird ones. And then, like, Alex unfortunately couldn't roll a three up or a four up. For out of his 10 rolls, he couldn't bring his boys back. So, Ooh, there's a grand strike that hurts. gone. Yeah. 10 rolls, couldn't roll four ups. He only had to need, he needed to hit three, and he didn't. So, wow. So I played against Eric tonight, and Eric was playing Trogs, and we had a really good game. I still don't have my synergy with Cryptborn yet. He didn't die. He didn't get one punched or anything like that. But (laughs) so either he gets one punched or he doesn't do anything, and he didn't really do much for me, so I still have to figure out my synergy. I can appreciate that. Anyways, I lost. Did you manage to By three points, 26 to 23. I did, but it was too late. It was near the end. And I translocated when I should have done a few other different things. And I wanted to keep him with the Draculines, and for some reason I just didn't just move them around and separated them. Soul burning those drugs would have been awesome because I would have screwed up their regen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it would have stopped their regen because they would have to choose either. I don't think that. you even get to choose with soul burn. No, you just you have to get, remove the soul burn and then you can heal. Yeah. Just on Trug, because he heals like D6 wounds, I think. That's a huge heal to take away from him. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really good. 
Uh, and then we got Alan. So Alan, Alan. Hello, I'm Alan. Visiting from South Carolina. <laughs> Alan's one of our big fans. We appreciated the fact that he showed up tonight, and we hooked him up with some uh, dudes of Sigmar swag. And we took a selfie. Yep, and they offered me way too much food. <laughs> There's lots of beer. The games are great, entertaining. And Roma does drop dice a lot. <laughs> Every time I looked at her table, she was throwing dice all over the floor. Drop it like it's hot. <laughs> so this is, uh, tonight was kind of the first... Um, Roma, I don't know if the audience has picked that up, but Roma loves hosting people. And so tonight we had, in addition to the folks playing this, because I played a game against Mike, uh, and then you played your game. So we had three tables up and running. We had three guests at one point. Des was here. Uh, oh, shoot. Yeah, Robin was here as well. So we had, what, 10 people just kind of chilling. And this is, you love this, don't you? I love this. I could do this every night. <laughs> and she has. <laughs> it's like the ultimate hangout for Sigmar. So we may not, now that we've we've slowly been keeping more and more tables set up. Yes. So I agree. I love having the table set up. Now we have three because you picked up some wood. And we were able to set up the third table. wood. <laughs> I got, I got wood now. Okay, so Damon got wood. So anyways, oh, that sounded so bad. But anyways, <laughs> we have three tables. No, that's a wild wood if I've ever seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Ray's not here, man. Oh, my goodness. So we're just having so much fun. So when we were chatting with Alan, he was kind of sharing what he related to with our podcast. And it was really interesting um, what he was saying. So I just thought maybe we could talk a bit about that again. Uh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alan gets the mic. Why do you like us so much? <laughs> you know, but you know <laughs> what? We, I genuinely wonder that because Roman and I talk about it all the time. Like, why is some total rando? We've never met you before. Why on earth well, is. Not total rando. Robin's uh, friend. Well, I, okay. Yeah, I guess not and totally random. Robin is pretty random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robin is very random on a good day. <laughs> Robin is not even D6, Robin's D20. <laughs> but you know we're we're curious as to like what uh what what keeps you listening uh roma's enthusiasm and perspective as a newer player and then being able to connect to you damon as an older player who's been playing for far too long <laughs> <laughs> far too long and i love that not nearly good enough <laughs> for the years put in and invested. <laughs> Dude, we just met. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like reading your mind. <laughs> That's a little honest for just meeting. <laughs> hey, get good. <laughs> There's a lot of giggling. <laughs> That's why I connect with you because I haven't been able to get good either. <laughs> okay, that, okay, here we go. I feel yes. better. I feel better, brother. <laughs> But being able to connect with you, uh, and at times it sounds like, to me, you're you're l writing lists for the game that was in the past or the game you want it to be instead of where the game is now. And it sounds to me recently with the podcast that you've kind of caught up to where the game is or stopped looking into the past and looking at what it is now and writing your lists and playing the game 
with the modern version in mind. I, I finally stuck a hot poker in that part of my soul that was influenced by Jervis Johnson, who just... Cursed be his name! <laughs> who, who, for years, like, reading those White Dwarf magazines, he'd be beardy, 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 beardy. And, and that, got, that stuck with me for far too long, beardy players. No, there's no such thing anymore. No, and, like, if you read a lot of the White Dwarfs, you realize that they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> It's true, and I think that there's also something very important to be said for the fact that Age of Sig, like, they came from historical wargaming, where the type of army that you looked at for it to be effective and, you know, era-appropriate or whatever, that was an important part of it. Whereas the modern game's lore is so much more forgiving and less established that you can retroactively say, I want to play an army that is... A bunch of dragons, dudes riding dragons with Cryptborn and uh, Karazai and all them. And that is a fluffy, lore-abiding army because the fluff absolutely allows for it. In the same way, you can play an all-cult Slaves to Darkness army. You can play an all-Flagellant Cities army. All of these are completely lore-abiding. There is no wrong way to play the game, so you may as well play effectively. Yeah, and the other thing that, that Jervis did to us all is playing the same the same you can change your list a little bit you can be forgiving to yourself and be able to play the things that are effective that you like playing david and i play chaos it's self-harm all the way man there <laughs> is no uh no mercy and no forgiveness here i wonder what Go i wonder what jervis would think at gotrek was was gotrek around when jervis was still yeah he was he wasn't the same guy though he wasn't his current iteration or he was, but not on the tabletop, no. No. Because I, I wonder what... I wonder what uh, Jervis is still alive, isn't he? He's still alive. We can, we can, we can phone him up. He's we'll thoroughly resigned, though. He, he left the company, I think. I think he stopped running. I wonder what uh, Jervis would say about Gotrek now and the and Marathi and some of the other things. Like, when he, when, we, when he talks about the beardiness of the game, I wonder what he'd think about the current state. Well, I think that there's also a lot of important context, right? Back when he started playing this game and, you know, when he was writing... Special characters were something you needed to ask for permission. There was a minimum points requirement for even bringing them. Like, you couldn't bring Abaddon to a table if it had less than, I think, 1,500 points on it. And a 1,000-point game was considered normal, right? So special mm -hmm. characters were just very different. They didn't exist the way they do now. They were meant to be these fun special occasions, but now they're just a staple of the game. Imagine telling somebody no special characters. Like, Oh, my gosh, that would be horrible. Yeah, it would, it would gut... <laughs> the vast majority of people's lists, I think. Not me, no. <laughs> One of the observations, interestingly, you bring that up, uh, David, was, um, God, I forget the dude, the head designer for Sigmar, and I was watching the MetaWatch the other day, and they were reviewing the World Championship lists, and the interviewer asked, and he, he didn't use it, but he, what, he was basically asking, are we in the age of Hero Hammer? Because many of the lists at the World uh, the GW World Championship had like six heroes, five, six. I, th I, don't, I think it was Rania's list that had 1,200 points of heroes. And the interviewer asked, are we in the age of Hero Hammer again, basically? And, and the designer's like, no, 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 we're not. What are your thoughts, gentlemen? And lady. I like my heroes, but there's nothing better than 30 ghouls. <laughs> and a Terrorgeist. Or three. Yeah. You've got a lot of Terrorgeist. 
I think that when I had my first LVO list, I had a lot of characters. And when I'd post on the Stormcast page, they would always say, wow, you've got a lot of characters. You, even David mentioned that. And then I found that I needed the battle line to, battle it, to balance it out. The heroes couldn't do it all on their own. And when I found that balance, I found that more effective. Yeah, I agree. Like, uh, it's always been hero hammer in a way. The heroes have always been very pivotal, uh, key to many armies, but you still need the troops to actually get the work done. This is a little apocryphal, so I don't know how true it is, but uh, one of the histories of Warhammer that I heard was that it started out as being a Dungeons & Dragons uh, supplement. People ordered a bunch of models from Citadel. They had more than they knew what to do with, and they just said, yeah, here's how you play with an army of them. So these heroes, I mean, Warhammer has always been that bridge, that gap between historical wargaming and RPGs. Our characters feel powerful, and that's part of the fantasy. That being said, though, I think that it is a matter of context in terms of their effectiveness in the meta. Right now, they are effective because we're in a meta that is heavily, I mean, the whole battle pack is either around wizards or the death of wizards. They're very, very important and incredibly pivotal to how the current game runs. Um, and furthermore, a lot of the books that are currently doing well have incredible characters. Vampire Lords on Zombie Dragons, uh, Ghouls on Terror Geists. Gray Seers. Gray Seers on Screaming Bells. No, you laugh, but that is currently <laughs> one of the more devastating lists. Just a bunch of Screaming Bells being shoved down the table at you. Oh, I love it so much. It's, it's, uh, if you look at the game in terms of pure lore, I think the Honest Wargamer mentioned that he wanted to reconstruct the game. Don't put the microphone in my mouth. <laughs> uh, he wanted to like look at the meta as it is and kind of reconstruct it as a little narrative. And it would be so funny that like a bunch of Skaven pushing around screaming bells suddenly stormed in and kicked the Osiarch Bone Reapers off their, you know, conquest. And it's, it's very strange. Um, to answer the actual question, though, I do think that we are in the age of Hero Hammer because a lot of the heroes have become such efficient force multipliers. Like, for example, um, what was his name? The the Mortark in the Bone Reapers list. Catacross. He is an insane force multiplier. He does so much for an army. Same thing with Ushran. I'm sure he's going to be the exact same. Uh, same thing with um, Manfred. Neferata, exactly. These characters have become... The, it, it's so strange because they are incredibly powerful, but not because of what they can personally do, but rather what they do to the rest of your army. So, yes, we are in the age of Hero Hammer, but weirdly enough, it's about the way that they affect the other units around them. And whereas Warhammer Fantasy, the heroes were just absolute killing monsters, if I recall. And I, that was one of the toughest transitions I had coming into Age of Sigmar was expecting all the monsters would get on or all the heroes would get out on the table and just even like a mundane like five wound hero I would expect to kill a bunch of stuff and that wasn't the case did you do the math <laughs> all you had to do was the math you just do the multiple multiply the number of attacks by the rend and the wounds <laughs> no but to be fair to Damon a chaos lord in Warhammer Fantasy Did he use his brain? with a <laughs> <laughs> a chaos lord with a great weapon, and or even a halberd in Warhammer Fantasy could reliably kill four or five empire knights. 
Whereas a current Chaos Lord is lucky if he kills five clan rats. Yeah, well, that, that's a part of Damon coming back up to speed with what Age of Sigmar is now. Well, not no. not 10, 15 years ago. That wasn't where that it is long now. ago. It was that long ago. It was ago. not. Regardless, the point being that Damon has a point in that you read the books, you read the lore, and they tell you about these great lords on Karkadrax destroying units and murdering... <laughs> See, this is why you're being. Uh, Robin's making fellatial uh, gestures at me. It's very uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, like, you keep smiling. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm informing the audience. But no, I mean the the truth of it is is that the narrative and the fantasy of the game does not match up to the rules in a lot of instances, and it can be very difficult to overcome that when you're so used to the focus of the game being to make those two as close as possible. Right. I mean, to this day, I still look at 20 Chaos Warriors and I think that's an unkillable brick of, of ass kickery. And then they've been getting destroyed every single game I take them in. Yep, you have been. You are wrong. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> yes, it is fine. It's well, it's not fine, but it's it's <laughs> it's what the hell is it called? Where uh, cognitive dissonance. That's the one. Yeah, yeah it, it is. is. It 100 percent is. Absolutely. It, it's a very difficult transition to make. Yeah, not like I understand where Damon's coming at, where you look at little characters and back in the old Warhammer fantasy day, those characters made a huge difference. And the units were almost there just to tie up other characters until your character could get there. But in AOS, it doesn't work that way. You look at a little character and you're like, well, his stats are good, but then the, the units almost seem better. So you look at a character... And you think, well, this guy might do all right. And then he shows up and just dies and doesn't really do anything. He doesn't help you out. And some people say, do the math while forgetting a unit. Some people. into the corner of the board. <laughs> some people named Roma. And for the rest of the game while the rest of their army was dying to a bunch of trogs. Oh, Alan dropped the bird. Oh man! Nice. Not sure if they did the math on that. Give me, give me uh, don't <laughs> don't leave me hanging. Um, like, and you know, I still struggle with Kark. I think I I look at the math and I think Kark should do more. And Kark abysmally lets me down every single time. Kark is there for my knights to strike first. That's all I expect Kark to do. And for what is he? One hundred and hundred and eighty points. All he all yeah. all he really accomplishes is let my knight strike first. A nine wound character with three attack profiles, who at best usually does three wounds a, a swing. Yeah, he doesn't do a lot of damage. And I think that's part of the transition of this game from an almost RPG esque army game into what it is now. Being emotionally invested in your characters was part of the fun of old fantasy. Looking at your lord that you built, you put the custom war gear on, you converted to look appropriate. That was an emotional investment. Whereas now, I am much more expectant of my nine bulgors to do consistent raw damage rather than the doom bull. Even though, emotionally, I would feel more invested in the doom bull than I would the, the, the random bulgors. Yeah, even with Andrasta... She's not a monster killer at all, <laughs> but she's good with other units and she has other abilities. So, you know, you kind of learn how to play with her. 
which is similar to what's going on with Crip Warren, though, right now, is that he can't go out on his own. Yeah, from Damon's game today, some of the heroes that do stack up are fire slayers of all things. Was it that new... Uh, oh, fuck that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the new guy. The new fucking hero who rolled, what, one dice for every wound... And on a four up, does a mortal a four up? It did a mortal to the the monster. Yeah, to so, the mo- he, so he kills he half of a he kills half of a monster every he time. He did mortals on a three up. Okay, well, whatever. Maybe it was three up. I don't know. He did. He had done. He had taken four, and then that fucking little solo put ten wounds on my maw crusher. I was like, what? So that's the sort of shit that I expect little five wound heroes to do. Only. Nothing in my army does freaking ten wounds to a maw crusher. Did he kill the maw crusher? Uh, that turn, but, but he something. He, he didn't kill the maw crusher, but he definitely wounded it so that the unit that could come in and yeah, somebody finished it off that turn. Yeah. I think that was his battle tactic. Fuck yeah. that little dwarf. <laughs> and then and then he had the uh, the city's cannon that lit up the other maw crusher. Like yeah, that was an unfortunate set of combinations so how did your game go uh what kicked me in the ass was i forgot to put the war chanta extra damage because i was playing to choppas that's the sub faction i'm playing um and i forgot to put the extra damage on the maw crusher that went into his magma draft and um i think i was three wounds short two robin's flashed me two uh and i did (laughs) he's flashing more than two but uh and I, I did three wounds to it. Like I, I would have killed it. And the the thing fought back, killed my maw crusher. And had I had a, a, a basically undamaged maw crusher on the table, I would have changed things fairly significantly. What battle plan did you play? Uh, pulse, uh, geomatic pulse. Uh, yeah, I th- I think I did a lot of stuff right. I think it was it really just boiled down to me forgetting that. Yeah, forgetting that, and then just not rolling good. Ra- Ravenex was uh, rolled that one and didn't kill five guys. Yeah, I didn't roll well for some of my rolls. Uh, okay, so what else are we talking about tonight? Other shenanigans. Okay, well, it's you look dreamy, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> David, you look dreamy. Well, I mean, whatever. We don't have to drag this out. So it was a uh, late night. Oh, because how did this start off? What was what was your line? Oh, what was my line? Tell us how you uh, convinced us to record this podcast tonight, Roma. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Damon asked, and then you asked, and, and then, then I asked, asked and then I asked again, and I said, "I love peer pressure." <laughs> <laughs> Roma says, "I'm okay with peer pressure." So that's how this podcast happened tonight. Yeah. I'm like, Damon just took a no right away. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? They said no once. Aren't you going to ask them like a couple more times and bring the equipment out and just start chatting and handing them the mic? Like Roma, I worry about, <laughs> about your sons a little bit. That, that was the Indian no. Like you got to say like no 20 times before it actually kicks in. So Yes, it's a cultural thing. No, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz when people say no the first time, that's just to be polite. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of start pulling out the real yes or no. Maybe the second or third ask. And Robin Actually, was a yes because he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, we can, we can do this." So here we are. I like putting people on the spot. <laughs> <It's good. laughs> okay, let's wrap up, Alan. 
Yeah, she didn't even wait for a second. No, <laughs> didn't even give him an opportunity. She just ran off to grab the recording equipment. <laughs> she said, "I don't care what you all are saying. We're doing this." <laughs> yes, and I do make a good latte, so that was good. <laughs> Thank you guys so much, David. Thank final you. words. Thank you for having us. Uh, and again, I think that we all acknowledge that. If we were into this game for the rush of winning, there's plenty of other things that'd be easier and cheaper to do. If we were in it for the artistic license, there's lots of other things we could do. We're in this for the community and the social part of it, right? We're here to play with people that we like. Exactly. Well said. That was perfect. Yeah, Love like it. Play with people we like and yeah, David. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> He's looking so offended, yet lovingly at Robin right now. Aww. That's how we are. <laughs> offended and loving. That's exactly what David just said. Absolutely. Alan, any last words? Uh, no. Thanks for having me, I guess. And for all the food and the latte. Well, thank you so much for coming. And it was really, it was great to hear, you know, what you thought about our podcast. And yeah, so this is excellent. And Thanks, Robin. Thanks, David. Thanks for coming. We love having, I love having parties and people over, and I love playing. So, um, any final words, dude? Uh, still working on the ogres. Uh, Alan, thanks for coming over. Thanks, everybody, for coming over tonight. It was a hoot. Uh, it's so nice to get people from out of town to come over and hang out. This, uh, you know, I'm starting to get your thing, Rome, about how we just, it's its cool to have a bunch of people hanging around, get, get the nerdy vibes going. It was a great time. You just call me Roma. That was weird. Yeah, but I, I have to. It's slipping. Like I have to call you Rome at work now, so it's like dripping in. It's so weird. <laughs> that is weird. All right. Um, so thanks everyone for listening, and I hope you really enjoy this podcast because I really had to get everyone, put them on the spot, and just have it's them a mic. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. Roma peer pressured everyone <laughs> to record this podcast. It's a special. Podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, dudes of Sigmar, in and out. And so it was that the dudes would continue their journey through the mortal realms, forging ahead with a passion for the next great story. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time, dudes. <laughs>